lightning. Inspirational. Inspirational. Powerfully refining. Powerfully refining. And unapologetically controversial. Conversations with the Royal Impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the Royal Empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the Royal Empress. Now Akima, she's the analytical Empress. Akima, she's the Empress that will challenge you. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. This is Akila, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Hakima. And today we are joined by our special guest co-host, Brandy Smart. Brandy has been with us a few times now, so you should remember her. Today we are talking about sororities, Black Greek-lettered organizations. What is their purpose, and how do they benefit the community? We're also going to address some of the myths that surround our organizations. And how do organizations in general benefit us? We're gonna start with Brandy, who's gonna to talk to us about joining her sorority. Um, I just felt like that was a part of having a well-rounded college experience was to be a part of um, one of the sororities. And so when I did get into college at that time, I really, it really wasn't a focus of mine. Um, I got a little bit older and I didn't know much about sororities in general before I got to college. So when I got there, um, actually one of my best friends, she really wanted to be an AK and um, she had her family members were AKs and also I didn't know a lot of women that were a part of any Greek lettered organizations but my godmother was an AKA. So my frame of reference were um, AKAs. And um, so getting into the time where it was time to, you know, start the process, that was where from observing the, going into college and observing the different organizations, I felt like the things that they did were more aligned with who I was. And I was surrounded by a lot of other AKs, actually. Like, so a lot of classes I was taking, a lot of my friends were AKs. And um, so I just felt like that organization represented who I was and the things that I was interested in, kind of being more interested in the things that they were doing and, you know, kind of looking up to the girls that were already in a sorority when I got to college. Um, and so that's kind of how I chose that one. Just a number of different things. So, like, it suited me. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Akila, uh, would you like to share with the listening audience um, of what sorority, about, excuse me, letter organization that you are in and what made you decide to choose them? <laughs> uh, I am a member of Zeta Phi Beta sorority. Incorporated, and man, what made me decide? You know how long ago that was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making you go back, and you got to like, dig in the crates. <laughs> come on now, um, I don't even really have that conversation anymore about what made me decide. Um, you know, I was listening to Brandy. I, I guess I had a little bit of a different experience in that. You know, I mean, I knew people in the sororities before I got to college, um, meaning like family members. So interestingly, my first cousin who who's an AKA actually threatened me and told me if I came home anything other than an AKA, she'd kill me. Um, I don't know. <laughs> 
but fortunately I'm still breathing. <laughs> and um, so <laughs> fortunately I'm still breathing. But that was the that was the threat that was made. The um, but I guess the reality of it is is that you do when it comes to the organizations. I personally feel like many of our our goals and missions are very similar. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it, I mean, just the aspect of community service and, you know, service in general, um, servant leadership, all of that kind of stuff is just is what I believe that many of our organizations were founded on to begin with. And so oftentimes when people choose, you know, sometimes it has to do with legacy because it's what they've you know, grown up with and what they've known. Some of it is just what fits their personality when they're in school, what has been presented to them, who's on campus, all of those things uh, are a factor for some people. All four of the um, Black Greek-lettered organizations, sororities, were on my campus. So I had an opportunity to see all of them. And for me, Zeta just fit more with my personality and with what I was looking for, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I I have a tendency to kind of dance to the beat of my own drum. And I kind of felt like I could still do that, but it's still an organization, it's still a sorority. So, you know, there's still certain things that you have to do. It's not like you can just join and and, and you're just supposed to just, you know, be on your own and solo and, and go against the grain with your organization. So, um, but that had a lot to do with it for me. I think just in terms of my research, I appreciated the fact that, you know, Zeta was the first Af um, sorority to actually charter in Africa. That was important to me. Um, just some of the social things that they were doing was something that I, you know, that I appreciated. So like we all do many of the same things. And so it's just really what, what aligns most with you. And so they did. You know what I've I, I've come from a, 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 a experience of someone who had I, I kind of like you, Akiva. I had an older cousin who's AK, and she threatened. I want to say threatened me, but it was just sort of like you better not you better not play anything else but this, you know, because I spent a lot of my life trying to imitate her because she was eight years older than me. So when I went to college, I had the idea of that's what I'm going to play. It. However, the college I went to was in a city setting. So it really didn't have that. On, on campus, they did, you couldn't pledge a sorority or fraternity on our school campus. You had to go to a different college that was nearby, another city college to actually pledge. So the sense of a community for each sorority was not present at my college. So to me, I think that contributed to me not even pledging because there was no sense of presence. You know, you would just see people here and there coming in out of class, or you may see a couple of people hanging together, but there was not like the, the activities that really, um, that in many campuses or like HBCUs where they're actually hosting or, or demonstrating um, what they do. Um, so I, for me, I didn't get a chance to see that, so see that, um, presence. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to pose a question based on that. If you didn't, how do you think your campus would be if those sororities were not present? What, what contribution do you feel like the sororities that you, that you selected or the sororities that you did select, what contribution they made on that campus or how they made a difference in the school that you attended? Well, I'll go first. So mm -hmm. I attended um, when I played, I, I was attending Grandma State University, and I feel, looking back and being older and then also um, being in a college environment as an adult, in my, um, it was, at our school, you had to be um, a certain grade level to pledge, and they had a cycle where they didn't pledge for, every, for two years. So a lot of the girls that were in the organizations were the upperclassmen, the older girls. Mm -hmm. And um, for every Greek letter organization, um, all of them, not just, you know, the AKs or one specific group, just all of those young ladies that were on campus were 
um, an example of how to accomplish the college journey. And they were all involved in um, a lot of program-based organizations. They were all scholars. They were all, you know, maybe doing research or in different pageants or um, just really excelling in their college experience and um, doing a lot of things, whether it was, you know, selling things on campus or organizing events. Um, all the things that they did was something that you kind of wanted to be a part of and you wanted to share in uh, the sisterhood as well, sharing the bond that they had and the fun that they had. And then, you know, just the accomplishment that they all seemed to have and the confidence that they also had. And um, they all seemed to kind of, you know, just be put together um, to a certain extent where you, you know, you looked up to them. They were the leaders on campus as well. Um, in different senses, whether they were the presidents of certain organizations or they were, you know, just, um, you know, leaders in whatever it is they were involved in. So they were beneficial, I feel, and kind of like a guiding, a guide, a guideline to, you know, how to have an enjoyable, successful college experience. I would pretty much echo the same thing. Um, the first thought that came to my mind was the leadership roles that that our organizations take on campuses. And unlike Brandy, I didn't go to a, a HBCU. I pledged at a, a predominantly white institution. So I think on those campuses, it's it's even more crucial, I think, for students, for black students, for minority students, um, because you have a sense of community. And, you know, so it's it's like you have your own little world, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you do and and you see those in those organizations at the, you know, at the helm of a lot of organizations in and not just the sorority or fraternities, but other student government. And mm -hmm. so there you had a seat at the table with other organizations as a result of being. So, you know, we have what we call it the, Nat the National uh, Pan-Hellenic Council, which involved all of the, you know, sororities and fraternities, not just the Black Greek-lettered organizations. So it was, you know, so you definitely had a seat at the table and, um, you know, and it was a lot of, stu you know, incoming freshmen, they looked up to those in fraternities and sororities because it, it basically was it was just like it was just like leadership sometimes even other student organizations they would be in other organizations a lot of them were athletes a lot of them were you know scholars and i know one of the things that we did on our campus um like brandy was talking about was the, the scholarship aspect our gpas were important you had to have a specific gpa in order to even join um one of the organizations and they highlighted that so you had, I know we would have, we had a thing where you would see who out of all of the organizations who had the highest GPA out of all of yeah. the organizations. And I know when I was um, at my school, it was sorority wise, it was, it was, it was Zeta and fraternity wise, it was Omega Sci-Fi. And many of them were, you know, on the Dean's list. I mean, so, so just that whole academic aspect of things and, you know, so yeah, you saw the party aspect of things when you come on campus, but mm -hmm. you also mm -hmm. see that the academics made a difference. And then even today, they go back to the schools. You know, the organizations are still there. So there's still leadership roles that are, that are played out. Um, you know, when you have the reunions and, you know, joining the board of directors and all of that kind of stuff. So you still see that, that aspect of it. So I don't see how I would have, I would have paid attention to student government and those things, but for these organizations, at least not for me, not, not being at the type of institution that I attended. I, you know, I, I'm kind of, I'm floored by it because you're on the outside or maybe not even be if you're, or if you're a person who's, who hasn't been on the campus, 
where there is a strong um, black sorority presence, you may not you may not understand those parameters and how they make a big difference in cultivating black students at a, whether at a predominantly white institution or at a black college. So I'm 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 like wow I'm really impressed with that because when I would think sorority or fraternities, the one thing I wouldn't be thinking about is the examples of, of leadership or being or having a seat at the table. So I just want to thank you all for shedding light on that because I'm sure our listeners had no idea of that as well. Like you said, when it comes to campuses and, and sororities and fraternities, people think parties. That's the first thing they think or they may think athletes, but being an example on a camp on a campus where those in a sorority or fraternity is, is leaders in different organizations outside of that. So it dispels the myth of this is a clique, you know. If you're in a, a, a sorority or fraternity and you decide to get involved in, like you said, student government or other organizations, it sets the tone for this is bigger than just we're just hanging out. This is this is beyond that. It's bigger than that. And so it raises mm-hmm. the consciousness of those people who are around observing and those who are interested in joining. They just raise the bar. Yeah. Community service is huge. You know, yeah. because when, you, when you're young, unless you come from a school that required it or a family who does it, that's kind of your first introduction sometimes to community service. Mm. And we did that, you know, fundraising. I remember going to like senior homes and, and helping with the elders and, you know, blood drives, clothing drives, all sorts of things that, that we did. And then even understanding how it works to, to just even to be in an organization in general, you know, Brandy, like, I mean, we, we had to follow Robert's rules of war. Mm -hmm. So you're 18, 19, 20 years old learning Robert's Rules of Order. Who else is doing that? Yeah. Right. You know, so when you start coming up and you go and you're in grad school or, or you know, other schools and you are leading organizations, you're not just leading an organization because, you know, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not a Greek-lettered organization once you get to the graduate and the, you know, or, or terminal degree level. People aren't pledging at that point. Well, I mean, other than going into a grad chapter, but you know what I'm saying. Like that's not. It's not an undergraduate experience. And I can say that even when I was at um, when I was in law school, my I, running the Black Law Students Association was very different from those of us who had been in Greek lettered organizations and those who had not, because some of them didn't know anything about Robert's Rules of Order or how to actually run a meeting. That's not to suggest that, that you can't do that by not, you know, joining an organization. We don't want to put that out. <laughs> Very careful. But I'm saying that it was, it definitely, it helped because you training. felt positions. Yes. Yes. Great training. And, and so you do. Go ahead, Brandy. No, I was saying that it was a, it's a um, leadership training by very by by very nature of experiencing the organization and being a part of the activities of the organization. You are being trained to be a leader and put in a position to be a leader, and um, your role is to be of service. Your Absolutely. role is to um, you know participate in um, initiatives and nonprofit efforts and um, other training programs to train those outside of the, under, the younger generation. And I feel that that also touches on where um, a big part of sisterhood and the community comes in because we're, um, every, every layer or every uh, degree is basically helping those that they are able to be leaders of. So at the college student level, at the undergraduate level, I know we had a program at the high school because there was a, the Grandland State University, there was a Grandland High School um, mm-hmm. on campus. So we had programs at the high school and we did a lot of, um, you know, things within the community with the younger girls. We also did, you know, like the um, elderly homes and things on campus and then, you know, mm-hmm. just 
Hurricane Katrina was going on when I was there. So, you know, disaster relief, things like that. Um, but by doing those things at the time, you don't necessarily realize it. But now that I'm older, looking back and what I want to do for those younger than me or for those undergraduate 18, 19 year olds, those, that's where it's like, that's where my heart is, that age group and understanding who I was and how my college experience transformed me mm-hmm. and wanting to give back and teach them all the things that I learned from the different programs and organizations that I was in. Um, yeah. Yes. Just, just training. You, you're getting trained while you're in there. You're being trained to train others while you're in there. And it just, it continues and it grows and it's, it's just an amazingly powerful, you know, um, community building, strengthening, serving role. I agree. And mentorship is huge. And so yeah. and, and that is part of it as well. And I'm sure just like Zeta, um, AKA also has programs where we have younger girls who are in our auxiliary organizations that we have. And a lot of people don't know that we have that. And so we have and things like that. Yeah, we have programs for um, children, please, what I think as young as four, probably. And, you know, all the way up until they get to college and they can belong to our auxiliary organization. So that means that they are being mentored. They are being taught community service at an early age. And they're learning what it means to be a part of a sisterhood and what it, you know, what all of that means. So. Again, it's not just what people think. Oh, it's just, oh, they just, you know, that it's fun. And oh, yeah, they, you know, they, they step and <laughs> they compete with each other. And they, you know, they, <laughs> I mean, we do that. You know, we joke around, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we do things together. So you yeah. will see joint efforts with Zeta and AKA and Delta and Sigma Gamma Rho. It's, you know, while we may have our separate organizations, there are many community initiatives that we all come together on. And there is even a sisterhood within the sisterhood. So, you know, and, and, and that's a reality too. So, yeah. So while you may hear us at the, at the step shows, cracking jokes on each other and talking about who came first and, (laughs) you know, And all of that stuff, because I was going to tease Brandy earlier when she says, I'll go first. I'm like, mm-hmm, just like an AKA. But, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I mean, but I'm saying like, we, but we tease each other like that. But it's still all love, because at the end of the day, we know that the work that we are doing for women mm-hmm. and the community at heart it, as a whole, you know, is, is what we're all striving to do. And quite mm-hmm. frankly, we can reach more people together than we do apart. And that's why you'll see many things. You'll see all of us at certain community events. You know, yeah. all of our organizations raise money for the March of Dimes for premature births, if I'm not mistaken. So, mm-hmm. you know, all of the walks and, you know, the various breast cancer walks, all of that, you're going to see all of us spearheading. Um, and that's I was um, I was thinking about like um, now that I'm a little bit older and when honestly when I was in in undergrad or even before and that's a lot I think a lot of uh, um, sometimes people on the outside looking in say oh they you know they fight with each other and this and kind of looking it's like I don't want to be involved in any of that because um, I'm just you know just a love and you know type of person but I feel like um, as a whole, as a divine nine, that we all have a collective mission and we're all just different components of a piece. So mm-hmm. almost in, um, in another way of looking at just different ways of light and the different things that different types of rays of light do. So like ultraviolet rays or, you know, sun rays, they all have different um, qualities and different nutrients that they provide and different things and when I look at the different organizations we all are doing the same thing and honestly also all doing it for the same mission the same community the same sisterhood the same you know giving back to the black community and developing up uh, those that are coming behind us but everyone has their um, their specific initiatives so even if you just take organization and you break it break it up 
from Brent, so I do PR, so just my mindset is like, how do you break up like a marketing campaign? You know, you got people that are going to do PR. You got mm-hmm. the people that are going to do, you know, maybe research and development. You have people that are going to do, um, I don't know, writing and write press releases and such. So everybody just has their different roles. And we come together and we serve as one. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, and, and there's where people will call it, we still will call each other sisters. Yeah. <laughs> regardless of which organization we're in. And so probably I think, Hakima, you had mentioned before about, you know, using the terminology of Greeks, you know, and when we talk about where well, we're actually Greek lettered organizations, but but you'll see, you'll hear little times, certain times people will say a sister Greek. And mm-hmm. it really, I think it's just more or less, it's just shortened because you don't want to keep saying, <laughs> <laughs> I belong to a black Greek lettered organization. <laughs> or sometimes we'll just use the acronym and we'll say, right. So that's really where you hear that when, when you hear them say Greeks, it's just, it's just shortening the long name is all it is. We will say that to one another because there is a sisterhood amongst all of us because we still have a shared, like you said, we have a shared mis- mission, but we have a shared experience in how our organizations were mm-hmm. created and how we join these organizations. And so while all of our requirements may be different, you know, our rituals may be different, it's still a commonality that we have and there's still a bond that we have. And, you know, which is why, you know, we also got together. I can't remember what year it is, Brenda. You might have to help me out. My, my history is a little rusty. But, you know, <laughs> when we formed the, the, uh, the National Panhellenic Council, that was all of our organizations that got together and, oh, formed, yeah. and formed that, hence developing, you know, what we have now become, which is the, the Divine Nine. And that's, you know, the nine Greek letter. Organ, black Greek letter organizations that all belong to this one organization that falls under this particular umbrella. So yeah, I like to think of it as it's almost as you're just an alumni of the university and mm-hmm. you, co- you all come together, but you all have different majors. Right. Mm. <laughs> That's, point. A good good point. That's a That's good, a good way of looking at it. But I think too, in joining a sorority, at least for me, I think that it taught me the importance, too, of women getting together mm-hmm. and forming a sisterhood. It just showed you just how important a sisterhood is and what it really means to be a sisterhood. And there are a lot of people who grow up who don't have, you know, blood sisters, and then they get yeah. to feel what it's like to be a part of a sisterhood. My, one of my line sisters, her mother is um, in one of the our auxiliary groups, because we actually have an auxiliary group as well for women who are not college, um, who didn't go to college or who maybe went to college and didn't pledge or didn't finish college. And we have an organization, you know, we have auxiliary groups where they're like the friends of, and they become a part of the sisterhood as well, even though it's under another, under another name. And her mother um, actually was in that organization before we even pledged. (laughs) And so I remember her being at one of our state meetings and she said to us that she was so grateful to Zeta because her, her daughter didn't have any sisters growing up, but Zeta gave her sis, her daughter, all of these sisters that have embraced her and you know become a part of her family so you do get it i mean it, it it can it's definitely to me it's a beautiful experience i personally um if i had it to do over again i would mm-hmm. and i do feel like you know that it 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 definitely made a difference in my life and a difference for the good it wasn't just about yellow thick thicker skin <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did. I absolutely did. Um, maturity. Maturity. Yes. It grows you up. Um, because, again, you're being thrust into positions when you get into these organizations. You just come in and sit on the sidelines and do nothing. You have to roll up your sleeve 
and actually do work. So while it's great to, to step, to do your little strolls around the party, trust me, we enjoy doing all of that. <laughs> but there's a meeting every month where you're talking about how much money you have. You know, what do you need on that party? <laughs> say, uh, say that again. I said how much you made throwing that party because it was a business function as well, usually. Exactly. Because the parties <laughs> were the parties were fundraisers. Our parties were fundraisers. They weren't just parties to have parties. They were fundraisers for various missions and various you did. So you developed this thing where you had to learn how to work with other people. And that's a reality because you had no choice but to work with someone else. And guess what? You couldn't get mad and take your ball and go home. <laughs> because guess what? These women weren't going anywhere. And, you know, many of us, you didn't go through all of that just to, to say, forget it, you know, and, and, and that's a reality. It does. It teaches you how to work in groups. You know, I, It was funny, I was looking at something the other day and they said, you know, what did working in groups in college teach you? And it said, you know, how to do stuff on my own, (laughs) Uh, how to to hate people, how to whatever. But Mm -hmm. you think about when we're in our organizations and we were actually forced to work together as a group. So you do learn how to work together as a group and it's not doing it on your own. And you get into it just like you do with your sisters. We would argue, scream to the top of our lungs, tell somebody they weren't carrying their weight. I mean, every dynamic that you could possibly think of is what you will see when you, you know, when when you see these women behind the scenes. Team building skills. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And our meetings. I mean, we had actual, when we go to our state meetings, when we go to our regional meetings, when we go to our national meetings, and yes, there's three meetings (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, where the organ, you know, where you, you got thousands upon thousands of women that, that gather together. And there are workshops. There are leadership trainings. When somebody becomes a president of our organization, you're in an organization that has over a hundred thousand members. Each. So, you know, you're running an actual organization with that many members, with that many moving parts. And that starts at the at the at a at a very young age. It can. So on all different age levels because of the branches of it. So you have, you know, the children all the way to the grandparents grandparent involved. You do? And so the, the, the sisterhood is phenomenal and you meet people and I'll be honest with you. Does it, does it help in terms of like, I have looked at resumes personally when I looked at interns and if I saw that they belong to not just my sorority, but any organization, the first thought that you have in your mind is, hmm, okay, they have some type of organizational skills. Mm, yeah. A leadership role. Yeah. Teamwork. Yep. So it does, so it does matter. And, and colleges look at that too. Um, well, you know what I mean? Like not undergrad, but we're talking about graduate schools and professional schools. Some of them yeah. definitely. Just like, just like them looking to see if you've been involved in community service, if you've been, mm-hmm. you know, involved in scholarship organizations, like it's all of that rolled into one. All of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I, I was going to ask a question about networking, and uh, you already went into it. I'm like, man, I was going to ask that question. But I, I got another question, though, because this is, uh, and you all probably get tired of this, but people still think this way. Do you remember the movie School Days? <laughs> and how they had them at odds at each other and bicker, you know, bickering and fighting, and it's how they had, it's just the whole uh, concept of how they presented sororities or sisters and sororities of how you know they ain't conscious what are you all's thoughts on that because that is a thought that if that is a thinking i'm not saying for everyone but there's a thinking in the public for those who are not a part of today if you're part of a sorority you're more self-centered you're not you're not community centered and you've already dispelled the myth about 
um, being self-centered and not being community-centered because you can't be serving the community and be self-centered. You all dispel the myth. But can you address the myth of the myth of if you're a part of sorority, you're not you're not black-centered. So can you can you really go into that? <laughs> I would say that. Um, so also, so it, I think that it's a mindset thing. So I can look at society as a whole or the world as a whole and look at how other people behave or observe and analyze something that they are not a part of. Mm -hmm. So I can relate it also to a lot of times just how people judge those that go to church or those that don't go to Mm -hmm. church, how people judge those that, you know, go to college or didn't go to college. And so a lot of things, a lot of that type of response or those type of um, opinions are rooted in uh, understanding that lacks understanding. So a lot of times people, you know, they judge what they don't know and they try to just develop their own understanding based off of what they see in their level of um, understanding or knowledge about the organizations. A lot of people don't, you know, they don't research things before they make a judgment. They don't, um, they have their different reasons for feeling like they don't want to be a part of something that they assume is a negative um, a negative quality or concept, but a lot of times, again, I say like it's just consciousness level, level of understanding, um, maturity. So a lot of, um, you know, just brain development at younger ages also contributes to um, looking at something that looks like work and looking at something that looks like uh, being selfish or selfish um, contributes to your understanding of it. And then you also have those that, um, you know, so what, what you were mentioning a little bit earlier is like how there is fighting among sisters. Like, you're, you're, like you fight with your regular sister sometimes, just having disagreements, but they don't realize from the outside looking in that, you know, we are loyal to one another and we are working collectively and we're just having a disagreement. And it's healthy to have disagreements and be able to work through those things. That's a level of, you know, maturity and skill building and family oriented, you know, oriented behavior. Like it's natural to have conflict. Conflict is healthy because you have to work through problems with other people. And so um, just on the outside looking in, I feel like a lot of times people make judgments that are just negative and just, you know, because it's something that they don't feel like they want to be aligned to, that they just kind of trash it. Mm -hmm. To me, just a common, it's just like common human behavior. If they're not a part of it or something that is not their vibe, because of course, you know, everything isn't for everyone. It just may not be... um, you know, just might not be your path. Honestly, it's like, I love all people and whatever you feel like you want to do, if you're going to college, you know, do what is best for you. If you might want to, you know, be in the, the um, academic clubs and based on your major and things like that. And that's all great and wonderful. But a lot of times we focus as a whole, I mean, just as a human, human race, we focus a lot more on what the, what is said by the naysayers and the, the ones that are complaining the loudest and you know most aggressive of what they're saying and a lot of times the things that they're saying are not you know are not valid and just judgments and um negative yes and to say that there's that that people are not conscious is kind of laughable huey p newton is a member of phi beta sigma he started the black panther party you gonna tell me huey wasn't conscious (laughs) i love it but you know that's what people think right was a member of Alpha Phi Alpha. He didn't, what did, well, I mean, come on now. A. Philip Randolph, a member of Phi Beta Sigma, Ida B. Wells. So <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can continue to list people who oh, had a level of consciousness, who were leaders, right? So I think that that's definitely a myth to suggest somehow that that because somebody joins a Greek lettered organization that they lack a level of consciousness when you have well-known leaders um, who were also members of these organizations. So it's, it's unfair to say that. Now, the reality of it is, is that these are memberships with lar- a large number of people who come from every walk of life. So are there people who belong to Greek lettered organizations who lack consciousness? Absolutely. And are there those who are straight freedom fighters? Absolutely. And do sometimes 
the two conflict within the organizations? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> because just like she said, we, you know, Brandy just got through yeah. talking about the fact that, yeah, we don't, we don't always agree on everything politically, socially, of how things are supposed to happen. So, you know, that is a reality, but you can't base what someone individually does on a whole organization and what our organizations were founded on, the principles that our organizations were founded on. Not everybody lives up to those principles who belong to the organization. You know, people are people. That's just the reality. But yes, they're, but, but, but I think that that's definitely um, not an informed opinion. You have to meet people and know that that's just simply not the case. So. And, you know, playful, loving, teasing being interpreted as, um, you know, just internal conflict when it's, you know, just teasing and playful and all love. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, I mean, and let's be real. The Black community in general, you know darn well growing up playing the dozen. (laughs) is 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 like a rite of passage in the black community so do you really think that the organizations are not going to do it because in reality isn't that what we we're technically doing when we tease each other and and make jokes or say stuff you're playing the dozens no Mm -hmm. different than than what many people do period yeah my kids are doing it now See? <laughs> that is too funny. But I mean, you know, it, it's it's so true how you mentioned it, Brandon, about how people will make comments or analyze, sit back and analyze uh, an organization or just anything they're not a part of. I had a person, mm-hmm. and it's funny because I remember in college having this conversation, it was a group of co- quote-unquote conscious people and throw my air quotes out there. And then you had those who were part of uh, black organizations, uh, um, like, a, you know, like a AKs or Deltas or, you know, Omegas, et cetera. And then you had those who were part of Masonic Order and it was this, you know, you had those people who weren't part of any of things saying, I'm too conscious to be a part of those groups. And so some, somehow, so, so often, and when you get in certain, um, certain groups where people have conversation, people tend to, there are people who believe that to become a part of an organization that you're losing a part of yourself, that you're losing yourself. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I remember contributing to that uh, conversation, like, that's not true. It's because you join an organization doesn't take away from you. It doesn't mean that you're going to lose your own personal identity. And so often people feel like, well, I'm, I don't want to lose my identity, so I'm not going to get a part of the group. But they don't understand that being a part of a group contributes to, to the development of your, of your identity. And a lot of people understand that. When you, put, when you put yourself in an environment with a lot of people who are different from you, that's where there's growth and development. Mm-hmm. Whether these people come, grew up in a different state or people of just different, uh, different um, financial statuses put together, or just different philosophies, that's where the growth and development come from. And so often people feel like, oh, I'm gonna lose my I'm gonna lose myself if I if I join an organization. So I mean, what are you all thoughts on that? Well, I already told you that I joined I I absolutely uh danced to the beat of my own drum. So <laughs> Oh yeah. See I know you, you know what I mean. But, yeah. you know. So the whole <laughs> The whole losing yourself thing was just not. Now, here's here's a reality. So we don't want to pretend like certain things don't happen, okay? There Mm -hmm. are people who don't have an identity themselves in general. And so sometimes they're attracted to organizations because that's that's how they develop an identity for themselves. So I don't know that they lose themselves or if they find something to to try to define themselves, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Then, then there are those who, you know, if, if and, and some join because they just want to be a part of something. 
and not necessarily because they need a click, but I just want to be a part of some, sometimes it's just, I want to be a part of something that's bigger than what I feel that I am right now. And there's you know? nothing wrong with that. <laughs> right. So because they see this, these group of people doing this thing and it's like, well, I would like to be a part of that because this is not something that you can really do on your own. You know, sometimes there are things that take a group of people to do in order for it to, to work the way that it needs to work. But yeah, now are there some people who are one way and then once they join an organization, they now feel like they're better than or they, you know, they change? It absolutely happens. I've seen that happen as well. It well, doesn't that's the same with jobs, though. I mean, a person get a job right. title and do the same thing. So you exactly. can't fault the organization. Right. You, see, you see this, this human behavior. I, I used to tell people that sorority and fraternity life on campus was really just a small look at life in the big world. Mm -hmm. it, it was just like this, 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 this way of looking. It was almost like this because sometimes you, you there there's a celebrity status that's attached sometimes to members of these organizations and so they are looked at and scrutinized more because they tend to be more known it's the same thing we do to people in general society when everybody knows who they are they're scrutinized mm -hmm. more they're analyzed more everything that they do they're put under this microscope and that's the exact same thing that happens is just on a smaller scale because we're on college campuses. But, but as I said, I danced to the beat of my own drum. So me joining an organization had nothing to do with that. In fact, as, as soon as I pledged, I continued to hang with the exact same people that I was hanging with before I joined the organization. And, you know, I used to, people used to like, you know, I had a few sorority sisters sometimes that said like, well, man, you know, you did pledge. And I'm like, yeah, I did. I mean, I love y'all, but you know, <laughs> this, the, this was, these were the people that I was with. So I'm not going to turn away from them because, you know, I'm still going to be me. But I laughed because there was a question in my interview that they asked me and I, and I, and to this day, I always say, well, now, they, they the ones let me get in the sorority after I answered the question. They asked me to describe myself in one word, and I said unorthodox. So, <laughs> <laughs> I already told you. <laughs> that you are, that you are unorthodox, <laughs> which is a good thing. You know? And that was, over, that was over 20 years ago. <laughs> It's like, yeah, put her down, put her down. We need, we need somebody to think outside the box. <laughs> I know that um, for me, I dealt, I struggled with that after I became a part of the organization because um, I didn't like, it's, it's as if I didn't have as much information or understanding of the different um, judgments or you know, a lot of different things that people think about the different organizations and stuff. I didn't really have that going into college. So after I pledged, I got an interesting response to people thinking I was different or treating me different mm -hmm. or, or assuming I was a certain way. And mm -hmm. it made it so where I didn't want to really tell anybody that I was like, if I would go outside of campus or in different places, it wasn't something I was yelling from the rooftops. You know, if I had on a shirt or something like that, you know, fine. But it wasn't something I felt like I needed to lead with on who I am as a human being or what my personality is like or what my, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily tell people that in describing myself. It's a lot of times something that'll come up in conversation or people will, you know, just find out through different, you know, different things about, um, you know, interacting with me. So <clears throat> I never wanted to define myself or think that I would lose myself by being a part of an organization because I have always been a part of different organizations. Even as a, a child, you know, elementary school through, you know, high school, I was on, you know, you know, some of the, the science competition team or, you know, I went to this school and, you know, I moved around a lot, so I may be from this city and the different things that people, you know, assume about you based on something. I, um, 
it kind of bothered me. Like I didn't, I didn't like the fact that people started actually it's, it's people start changing around you because now they have a different opinion of you and whatever their opinion of it, whatever their opinion of your, the organization that you're now in, now that shapes their opinion of you. They're reshaping your identity for themselves. And a lot of times not giving you a chance to, or not giving themselves a chance to honestly get to know you as just a human being. And I don't like being defined in any way. Um, I like for people to really, really get to the heart of me and really get to know me. And then if you feel like you have, you know, an observation that you can make, then fine. But judging me based on my race or where I'm from or what college I went to or what, you know, what I do for a living or the fact that I'm a mother or whatever it is, I, I just, it makes me cringe. <laughs> and it's, and you know, I feel like it's, it's, a, um, it's a, it's a problem to me with just, you know, just another human behavior thing where a lot of these, um, a lot is projected onto you because people have their own fears or feelings or, you know, they don't think that, you know, they think they would get lost or they just, that's what, that's what their opinion of other people is, or, you know, you know, I don't, that's just not the case. People are human. People are individuals. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're, you know, a group of with college educated women that want to work together to do good things for the community and all of those, um, if that's something that's now going to be a part of our, my identity, then I'll wear it and I'll wear it proudly. But to wear your negative opinion is not something that I'm interested in doing. We agree wholeheartedly on that one, Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> As she was speaking, I'm like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because that's all it is. It's, it's, it's projection oftentimes. So, yeah, yeah I, I just don't understand sometimes, but it's just human behavior and we get it. And to me, it was also like, just I said, it, it affected me more so Africa. It was kind of something that I had to, you know, overcome to where people have these, um, honestly, sometimes just disrespectful judgments of you, mm -hmm. um, you know, people say, you think you're better than me, or you think this, or you think this. Like, honestly, I don't think any of that. And it makes me uncomfortable now just telling you certain things about myself. Like, I can't communicate just my life and, you know, things that I'm a part of or things that I like to do because of your, you know, toxic opinion, honestly. And many of us probably did belong to organizations as children. Like you said, I know, please, I was a Girl Scout. <laughs> yes, I was a Girl Scout <laughs> Right, that's a sisterhood. So, you know, I think... I was a brownie. I was a brownie. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Friends, the brownies was the old. One is silver and the other's gold. So... Remember the, <laughs> remember the brownie was before Girl Scout. When they used the brownie. Then yeah, went the brownies Scout. are like the kindergarten age, first grade girl. There's levels. So, daisies are the babies. Those are the kindergartners. Okay. And then you have right. the brownies. And when you get to like third grade, you become a Girl Scout. And then there's like, there's mm -hmm. levels and degrees. Like, there's yeah. your cadet in high school. And then you become a cadet, yeah. Yeah, I was mm -hmm. all of those except for cadet. I didn't get to that level. But I was brownie and Girl Scout. It's amazing in society now, the... And, and, and we've stressed on this, on this topic how important it is to be a part of an organization and the benefit of being of an organization. Now you see, you don't see the, the promotion or the push for young children to be involved in organizations like it used to be. You mean like Girl Scouts and? There's a different community programs. I know that I see um as an adult now with children and looking for these programs to put my children in i'm seeing that because i actually tried to um i signed up to be a girl scout leader because my daughter's school didn't have a girl scouts program and i'm realizing that um so much i mean you know at the end of the day we're all just human beings on the planet and people are choosing to do different things and a lot of times we look at organizations or institutions as somehow um, operating outside of the individual person and so I just realized that there were not there was not an abundance of parents and people of age volunteering or 
you know, just becoming a part of these programs. Because when I did try to, you know, volunteer and be a Girl Scout leader, I had to have people help me. It wasn't something that, you know, by the laws of the organization, I could do alone. And I couldn't really find anybody that wanted to volunteer with me. Um, That was hard to do. So a lot of the programs that exist, I see, um, because that's such a passion to me, because I realize how much it saved me being a part of these different programs at all the different levels um, in my education, that I want to make sure that those opportunities are there for other children. But it's, it's, it's something that I think that, for one, people don't know about a lot of the organizations. People don't, um, you know, choose to necessarily maybe do the research to discover them. And then sometimes they're just not promoted properly. You know, they don't necessarily have those skills to get the word out or they don't have the funding um, to me or or just different neighborhoods. I'm realizing, too, as, as I get older. But it's kind of heartbreaking to me that, that the kids now may not have as much or maybe we just don't, you know, it's just changed so much, the system of it all. It's the I, it's the me and the, the me too and the, and the iPhone uh, generation. It's all about them. <laughs> well, let me get to <laughs> Let me get to our challenges because I want I, I want to challenge uh, listeners. All right, now I got some challenges here. One thing, one of my first challenges is why don't you financially support these organizations, our black letter organizations? They do a lot of community work, and I'm sure financially supporting them will help them uh, further the mission. So uh, look to support them financially. Also, get to a friendly competition with our letter organizations. They in the community doing work. You get out there and do some work. You get out there in the Black Greek letter organization. Get out there and out I work them. Get out there and say, hey, I'm out here, I'm out here for some friendly competition. I just I'm motivated by the fact that you out here working in the community and I'm out here too. That's what we need to be doing. Seeing our, our sisters out there working in the community, that should inspire us who are not a part of organizations to actually want to do the same type of work. Lastly, I'm going to say join an organization. I'm not in a black letter organization, not saying that once you get out of undergrad, you can't. There are grad chapters that you can um, join, Um, but that's something I can't speak on. I'm going to tell you, do your research. But I am part of the Eastern Star uh, organization, and it's wonderful. It's a great sisterhood. You could be a part of that. I'm also a part of the MGT, baby, the Muslim Girls in Training. A member of the Nation of Islam, a great sisterhood. There are so many sisterhoods in the community that you can get a part of, that you can get in there and you can join and you can work on developing your sisterhood. You can work on developing your leadership skills, your training skills. You can also work on getting with them so that you can work in the community and better your community. So those are my challenges uh, for our listening audience. So uh, Brandy, you got any last words and also let everyone know that how they can reach out to you and how they can contact you. Oh, well, um, people can reach out to me through Instagram at Miss BN Smart or on Facebook at Miss BN Smart or uh, medium.com at Miss BN Smart. Um, and from there, you can email me if, if necessary, or contact me in any way. And my last words would be. Um, I'm just grateful to be able to share, to share what my experiences are and to be able to um, just give back in this way that I am right now. And I hope that it inspires others to um, just be a part of the marathon and carrying the torch and being a light to those that um, follow us and look up to us and just being there in support of ourselves and our community. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. All right, I want to thank all our, our Black sorority letters. Thank you for all the work that you've done in the community. I also uh, want to thank you because I know I got some listeners that's part of the sororities. We know we got some listeners. So thank you for always tuning in and supporting us every week. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next week on Conversations with the Royal Empress. Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Impress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Impress, 
please visit the website royalempress.org. You can also follow the Royal Empress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Empress is a subsidiary of the Royal Empress Organization. All rights reserved.